Welcome to the 21 Gun Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Kevin Sullivan. We got a we got a packed show. I've been saying that a lot lately, and that's by design. We're bringing more people on. We're having fun with it. Uh, we have Frank, the tank in the studio. I like to call him EOD Frank. I don't know what a good uh, name for him would be. Let's show, show pull him up. We have EOD Frank in studio, our second. But Let's see. He's our first one on the casting couch. <laughs> <laughs> He's... He's speechless. Yeah, he's the the second one live in studio because last week we had uh no not last week two weeks ago we had Hamidi Jazim in here. So if you're local, even if you're not local, hop on a plane, fly on down. We'll have you um we'll have you on the show. I I I feel like I feel like I'm forgetting something because we were just kind of goofing around and then we went live. I feel like did we did we press all the buttons? Is everything working? Can y'all hear us? Can you give us a thumbs up? I <laughs> know we're live, a... so I definitely click that. Okay, button, so. I think we're going good. All right. Um, let's see here. Yeah, we got Frank. Oh, uh, I was, and I have a little note here. It says Frank's beard. It used to be legendary. And I actually looked up to Frank for his bearding uh, <laughs> proficiency. But then a couple weeks ago, you accidentally had it trimmed. Yeah. So my barber, um, I said, oh, just, you know, make sure it looks nice and neat, you know, so wife will like it. And she just went ahead and just she hates a good inch or two she hates beards oh no you said make it look good and she's like i know it looks good because my husband tried to grow one of these so ones i guess in her head it was take about yeah, yeah. much off it's this course. well we we've we've beat this with the dead horse do i say that right every week i say it wrong we've beaten this issue like a dead like horse a dead horse like beating a dead horse yeah we've beaten off on a dead horse whoa, with this issue whoa allegedly, long enough allegedly that the and there's my wife but i get I get a little upset. So my, I'm thinking, right? Mine's getting nice and long. We should go cheek to cheek with with Frank and see how long, or lips to lips. <laughs> see now, Frank beating off on a it's dead not gay. Puts us you, to you lips to lips, the and then we look at how <laughs> we cleaned it. That was my whole. That was my whole thing, just to see if I could get Frank to kiss me. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, send me an email, Kevin at twenty one gun dot net. Uh, or call me or text me or DM me. I don't care. Um, we have actually someone coming on next week that we were DMing. And I hope, I hope. Are you guys fans of Naked and Afraid? I am. Yes. I'm I, a fan of Naked. I'm not sure about Afraid. But definitely <laughs> I've naked. never made it through a whole episode because I just, I can't. It's weird. You yeah. can't stop. Be, I mean. Um, this guy, this guy who <laughs> is, uh, he's been on it like eight times. He's like a seriously seriously good uh survivor. i think he's an army seer guy he's he's down in fateville he's gonna come on next week which oh. which should be pretty cool this week's guest we have dean i i don't know how to say his name and again that's pretty standard dean wegner i think it's wegner he's the uh, ceo of authentically american authentically american's mission is to create u.s jobs by supporting american manufacturing our initial focus is on providing corporate and organizational branded apparel and accessories think of Authentically American as a premium brand with some high, jeez. Uh, we talk about how I can't, now I'm good right now, uh, read. <laughs> I can read, see, but did, I can't read out loud. It's see, like a thing I have. The thing is, is we didn't fuck up like we did last week. So this is all you, man. Oh, it is. No, no, no. I'm going to get through this. <laughs> it's the same high quality as Nike North Face Cutter and Buck. However, all made in the USA, competitively priced. Um, so yeah, he's gonna—he's a former uh, Army Ranger and helicopter pilot. So 
It'll be fun to have on. We also have Philip, I put Hancock, but I know it's Hadlock, uh, who is currently (laughs) riding a scooter across California for the homeless. Uh, He's nearing the end of his journey. It's a 500 mile journey. He's on a kick scooter. Did I say that? Um, And we just want to quickly touch base with him to hear about his progress. We also have Sergeant Jarvie Curtis, a veteran of the U.S. Marine Corps 2004-2008. He served three deployments to Iraq, Fallujah and TQ. That's Altakatum. 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 Spent a lot of time out Altakatum. Born and raised in SLC, Salt Lake City, Utah, coordinator of the Salt Lake City hike. And, and... We have Jason Black from Indianapolis. Um, I know nothing of Mr. Black, but he is a fill-in for their coordinator. Uh, I didn't get anything. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be good. Imagine he comes on. He's like, uh, I don't know what what's going on. We'll see. We'll put him on the walk a really we'll long spot. time. And have fun. What else do we have? Uh, oh, <laughs> and of course, we have uh, EOD Frank. And I, I don't, I'm not sure if I said that at the beginning. He's a former. No, he is a. Marine, thank you. EO, EOD yeah. Tech, is that we say EOD Tech? Okay, slight correction. So I am a Marine, mm-hmm. but when I was in the EOD, I was in the Army. Oh no shit! I knew it. I think we've had this discussion yes. before, and yeah. I was like, I swear he was EOD. I mean Army. Yes. Okay, so what did you do in the I Marine Corps? I was a combat engineer, and unfortunately, yeah, buddy. I was a recruiter. Unfortunately. Mm. So you got that nice big recruiter's medal that I always see him wearing. I'm like, what are you doing with that? No. It's kind of crazy. No, they I don't do that in the Marine Corps? Well, no, they don't do that. And then they tried to get me to do it in the Army, and I refused. Um, I wouldn't wish being a recruiter on anyone. It's like being no. being a car salesman, right? It's it's the worst job you they can make ever money. do. Yeah, that's true. That's they make true. Money. You don't get any bonuses <laughs> no, or anything like that. Your life is determined whether or not a 17-year-old little kid potential uh, <laughs> little soldier or Marine Hey, uh, lies to you or not. We, oh, okay. I was gonna say, <laughs> we, we need those, excuse me. We need those people. Um, one of the biggest <laughs> issues right now is that we're not able to recruit, um, viable candidates. We'll say, uh, everyone's playing video games, getting obese, smoking pot. They're on 50 different drugs. Hey. They're all depressed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Go, go into the join today. See what happens. Uh, and yeah, that's, um, that's an issue. Uh, what's his name there? The, the Green Beret, uh, Tim Kennedy. Yes. He had a yeah. whole episode on uh, Joe Rogan where he's talking about it's easier to get into college than it is to get in the military right now. And it makes sense because think about it. Think about like go to, go to any high school and you'd just be like, you can't go. You can't go. But I mean, anyone can go to college, it, I guess, applies, especially nowadays when it's going to be when I'm going to be paying for it. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, I paid for ben- my own. So. Well, the benefit of the military is you're not taking out a loan to join. That's true. true. That's true. Well, you are well, putting you know, your you, life. I was about to say, blank but, check. but you're taking out a loan on your body. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you beat me to it. Mm. Yeah. And that loan comes Thanks, and collects. Frank. Oh, it, it does. It does come and collect. You go to reach for something and you're like, oh, yeah, that oh, hurts. There's a disability check. <laughs> Things are not working as good as they used to be. Um, so what time is it? 8.08. Let's, let's go ahead. Let's bring in our first guy. Let's bring up the emaciated, <laughs> I assume, <laughs> Phil Hadlock after his long and arduous journey. Hey, Phil, how you doing? You're alive. Hey, Sully. Uh, oh, barely. Don't ask me in the morning when I'm waking up if I even sleep at night. <laughs> How many, how many hours a day have you been going at it? Well, I was scheduled to do three in the morning hours, three in the afternoon and be at my destination, but I fully underestimated my physical ability. You know, I, <laughs> I'm 68. I'll be 69 later this year. And I wake up and still think I'm in my forties, you know, just a youngster. Yeah. But so um, we're, we're, we're pushing through. We're in the, uh, we're about 400 miles into this. I got about 128, 130 miles to go. I'm in Merced, California, out in the middle of California's Central Valley. 
It was nice. 72 at eight o'clock this morning. It was 90 by lunch. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that I'll can be tricky. It's just kicking my butt. Do you know what we should have done? We should have introduced you as like a 35-year-old GWAT veteran. Yo. <laughs> that would work. I've been that like, look at exactly. look at what the VA <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course you look like you're in your 40s. Um I'm so not. you had a you had a change in your mission, from what I understand. Well, I really did. You know, um at first, you know, I have an organization called the uh Veterans Joint Task Force on Homelessness. And of course, I want people to join and be members, you know, and, and that sort of thing. But even more importantly, when I first started to develop this program for homeless veterans, I was doing it for the California governor. Uh, that'd be Gavin Newsom and uh, his council on homelessness. Now, um, we were in the middle of developing a program and uh, COVID hit and everything got dropped. So I've decided to take it upon myself to get back to the governor's office with my program. So instead of asking for members, which could take away from other people's organizations, I don't wanna step on anyone's toes, I'm an inclusive kind of guy. I have a petition and I wanna get people to sign the petition. All they have to do is give us their name, their service branch, the uh, uh, dates of their service, and we ask for the last four of their SSN, you know, which is a VA identifier. Sure. Now, I'm, I'm seeking as many as a million people to sign this petition so that I can get in and see the governor. Our governor out here in California has $3 billion to spend on homelessness, and yet the programs that he has presented, um, well, I don't want to be real political, but his own office of, of legislative analysts have said that it's not going to do anything. And so he called out for new and innovative and creative programs. I probably, I'm probably just reiterating from last Thursday. And I have a program. I've worked with government before. I've developed programs. Um, I've worked in different parts of the world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Enough patting myself on the back. But what I would like to have happen is I'd like to, I'd like veterans in particular, veterans uh, and their spouses, to go to the website, see what I'm going to do, and sign my petition. All the petitions there. I'm sorry? I was just telling Jeremy to pull it up again. Is the, is the petition on that website? The petition is, if you click um, on, uh, you know, if you go into the, uh, the website itself there. Oh, no, we lost them. <laughs> Well, let's see. Uh, if if he could come back, we'll get him back. But let's see. Did you find it? Yep, I can't. I, I, can't I, I got the petition up. Yeah. Oh, that's like if I look over to the left, I can see it. Yeah. I mean, um, hopefully we'll get him back. I will give him a few seconds. Sometimes this happens, uh, but he might be he might be lost. I blame the five G. Yeah, could be the five G. <laughs> that's why my 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 fillings are rattling as we're doing this. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's doing a good job. He's sixty eight. Uh, this is what I like about about um, a lot of the people that we interview is that. You are a, you have people that talk to talk and you have people that are, are Facebook and Twitter. Uh, what do you call them? Uh, Social justice warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you have a group of people that actually, I said this last week that actually, you know, put boots on the ground and, you know, guy's 68, he's riding his kick scooter across California to raise awareness for veteran homelessness. Um, it's obviously an issue. It falls right into the category of, um, uh, mental health, because most of it's mental health and substance abuse and stuff. So yeah, if you guys would head over there and, and sign the petition, uh, hold on a second. I, I'm getting over a cold myself. I have this like 
snot right in the back of my throat. <laughs> Delicious. He's like, guy. He's like, guys. I think uh, I'm not sick anymore. Do you know what I need? Come sit in a small room with me and get it again. You, you know, you know one of those like those booger suckers. You know the ones that that they show oh, on for like kids, the yeah, big old rubber piece. Like, like, no, 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 no. You put your mouth on it and you suck your kids' boogers out. No, no you haven't no, seen that. No. Yeah, yeah. Hey, kid, blow here. <laughs> Yeah. But it goes into like it goes into like a little collection duck. So like you you literally you gotta look it up. Actually, do you know what, what we're talking there's, about? There's you want me to bring oh, yes, yes. Oh, I want you to pull that up. Oh, it's called Lord. like a, a booger just do like a mouth booger sucker or something like that. Oh, my Lord. But what I want, what yes, I want, Jeremy, if you want to stay on the show. If you want to stay on the show, Jeremy. Not, we're not trying it. Yep. I want you to come over. <laughs> so you're sucking boogers out of my nose, right? <laughs> and suck boogers. Out of my nose. So, uh, yeah, that sucks that we lost him. But if you guys um, want to head over to, it was, let me pull up his, Jeremy's working on something very important. So I'll, oh, it's, it's, my Lord. This looks so weird. All right, pull it up. Of course. It's we got to see this. Oh, man. There it is. There's oh. there's Jeremy's <laughs> booger sucker oh, no. for me. Oh, no. the, the nose, Frida. You know, that, that should have been like the Karen Frida. It's called the nose, Frida. It's called the nose. <laughs> I, that's what I, I want to sit here, right? The and, snot. Sucker. And when we go, when we go live, I want, I want Frank. You can do like the makeup. You could be powdering me, and then I'll go like this. And Jer- <laughs> Jeremy will clear my nostrils, Just, and no. then, and then we scatter. Ah, oh, I like it. This is this is getting better <laughs> as the episode uh, goes on. I I don't. There's a certain level of like. I'm willing to do some really dumb shit. You know, Marines being the most homoerotic group ever in the, in the military. <laughs> Never played your sucking boogers out of your nose. It's totally. It's called being a brother, man. It's called that is not being for- a bro. That <laughs> is like a whole new level of no. intimacy, and we're getting married tomorrow. <laughs> it's you make eight, a lot of money. It's eight fifteen. Let's bring on our new guest. Hey, do you know what we forgot to bring up? Uh, We'll still have to do it. Head over to irreverentwarriors.com. How did I miss this? Yeah, bro. Uh, oh, it's because I didn't write it in my my notes here. Head over to irreverentwarriors.com. Click on events. Find yourself a Silky Psych. Uh, this weekend, we have Salt Lake City, and we have Indianapolis. We're going to have those two coordinators on here real quickly. Sign yourself up. Sign your friend up. Sign me up, and then force me to come out there. Pay for my ticket. <laughs> and I, I joke. But um, yeah, sign people up. Get your. I always tell people this because there's that big thing. I'm the veteran. Get your mom to go. Because we all know you have mom veterans out there. Get your dad to go. Get your crazy uncle to go because maybe he won't be crazy anymore. One of the best stories I ever heard on a hike was a guy, a guy brought his Vietnam uh, veteran brother, and he is like a recluse out in the mountains or whatever. Hadn't said a word to anyone in 20 years. Somewhat, somehow he gets him out on a, a Silky's hike, and then the dude, he said on the ride home, he wouldn't stop talking. Um, nice. If you're watching this, uh, send me an email because... I'd love to hear from your brother and hear that. That's a great story. I don't remember the name of the guy who was telling me this, but that's that. So let's bring on, uh, where's our first one? It's just going to be eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Let's do, we did Phil. So let's do Jarvie just because he's got a cool name. What's up, man? Sergeant Curtis. How you doing, brother? I'm, I'm doing well. How about yourselves? I'm doing fine. Is Jarvie short for something or, or no, that's just, that's (laughs) just my name. They put my, my first name last and my last name first and screwed up my whole life. Oh yeah, there you go. You know, as a medical provider, I look at a lot of charts and I see that all the time. And it, it, you're right. It totally screws you up because I'm like, I don't know who I'm talking to. Super Hello, confusing. Mr. Yeah. Jarvie, Mr. Curtis. Right, um, right. So you were in the Marine Corps from 2004 to 2008. Yeah. Uh, that yep, means you yep. are you're one of the older guys. We don't have too many guys that are on from 2014 to 2018. You don't have many of those dudes. They're still babies, so they're no. Still there. Yeah, right. They're not angry and banged up yet. That's what it is. They have to come on here. He's served three deployments. 
trying to get the fear to the boot there as well. Serb three deployments to Iraq, uh, Fallujah and TQ, born in Salt Lake City, Utah. First off, I got to say, I rode my bike through Utah and I was, I was presently, (laughs) presently, I was, yeah, I'm just going to keep talking about it. Uh, I rode my bike through California too. I was pleasantly surprised at how beautiful, um, Utah is. The scenery is amazing. The mountains. And I mean, that's what keeps calling me back. I've moved all over the country and I just keep coming back here for just that exact reason. But you, you also, you have like, you can go to the uh, actual Salt Lake City and there's giant mountains and green trees, almost looks like Colorado. And then you go just a few hours west and suddenly you're in the desert and you got the red oh, yeah. rocks and the, it's it's freaking cool. It was, it was easily, yeah. of all the states I went through, Utah was the most interesting to look at because of uh, it, of the rocks and stuff. Yeah, there is some some beautiful scenery. It's a great state. I love it here. Yeah. Um, I went to Moab and the dude told me that every day you're in Moab is worth like a hundred chest x-rays because oh, no. <laughs> it's so, it's so radioactive. That's outstanding. I've never heard yeah. that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. So I was like, should I put, should I put tinfoil on my balls? I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, Does probably. that work? Yeah, maybe <laughs> it's worth a shot. <laughs> exactly. So tell us about your, uh, your hike this weekend and your, your meet and greet and all that good stuff. So uh, we partnered with a local bar, another Marine vet that owns a bar here called uh, Big Willie's. We're going to be oh, doing our meet and greet there. Lord. And uh, yeah, it's the first IW hike in Salt Lake City. So we're super stoked to have everybody out. Numbers are looking really good. We're sitting in the realm of uh, 60, 70 hikers or so. So nice. uh, it should be a decent turnout. And uh, yeah, we're just just like every other IW hike. We're just out here trying to have some fun. Sure. What time is the meet and greet tomorrow? So meet and greet tomorrow is going to be at 6 p.m., 6 to 9 at Willie's. Um, and then, you know, registration Saturday morning at, at 8 a.m. Cool. Uh, what's the weather like this time of year over there? So right now it's it's a crapshoot out here. The weather will okay. change in, in five minutes, but we're forecasted to have an 85, 80, 85 degree day on Saturday with uh, okay. mostly cloudy. So it should be a perfect hiking day. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's not like we do the we do the Raleigh hike like August fifteenth. Yeah. That's so rough. Had, okay, the best, so best possible time. Two years ago, <laughs> we had it in September, and September was amazing. Yeah, it was perfect. It was gorgeous, and then someone yeah. said, "Russell, let's do it in August where it's Russell. the most humid." Russell, I literally I hike with a a jar of Vaseline in my oh, in my bag. Oh, man. Things you're not supposed to do in public. <laughs> it can be rough it can be rough awesome man uh we got like a ton of people on today so i hate to cut it short cool. but we kind of no, have good. to uh Appreciate good luck on the hike me. good luck on the hike uh, yeah absolutely uh jeremy has something yeah so as a coordinator as well any restrictions anything people oh, yeah. need to be worried about when coming to the hike things they need, they need to expect when they go for registration signing etc um so salt lake city still has covid restrictions they extended our mask mandates and things like that so uh groups over 50 need to be masked up but uh I mean, people are going to do what people do. So yeah, true. Um, yeah, really. Are they, we're, we're, are they are they strict or what's the deal over there? You know, it's pretty lax. Nobody's really saying anything. You get the occasional Karen that wants to come and bitch and moan, but I think for the most part, we're going to be pretty good. Sure. And for the uh, listeners and the watchers, don't engage with Miss Karen. Just let her say nope. her thing and just Absolutely. keep on moving. And if she says smile and wave, boys, smile yeah, and wave. Have put, a nice uh, day. put the thing <laughs> up. Have a nice day. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Do you know what we're doing? Oh, you don't. Let me educate you with yeah, a yeah. card. What's funny is like uh, when we were in Raleigh and we were being harassed by like Antifa people, it bit. was it was like that was so much fun. I know it was, but it's like, look at us. We had like people with purple hair. Everyone's a freak. And we're like, what? 
Well, yeah. So uh, what makes you think that we're quick story time? So I don't know if you know, Jarvie, last year for Raleigh, we were walking down by the police station and those metal barriers they tend to put around buildings and stuff. We were moving them out of the way because they were pushing us into the street. Sidewalk is huge. We move the barriers out of the way. Someone drives by thinking that we are assaulting the police station in Silky's oh, boots. And- <laughs> so five five police cruisers show up, ask us what we're doing. I hand them a card because I'm the lead. I'm the one leading the whole thing. And we're like, oh, you're not like assaulting the police station? You're not dressed like this, we're not. <laughs> nope. The underwear like, bandits. Well, they're like, Do you need an escort? We had a free escort yeah. the whole rest of the day. It was perfect. Yeah, those guys are nice. great. They helped out. Hell yeah. Awesome, man. Well, good luck. Uh, thanks for hopping on, and we will uh, go to our next guest. Appreciate it, man. Right Take on. care. Thanks. God, that guy was so annoying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dick move. Yeah, I know. I know. He's still on, too, right? It's like, yeah. God, I was doing everything I could to get him off. <laughs> You're doing everything you can to get him off, man. Yes, I, I heard that. Here. Next, let's bring up Jason Black. We don't know about Jason it? Black. He could be, oh, he could be oh, a, a Green Beret. Van Glorious beard. That Thank is an beard. This Thank is, you. I'm embarrassed actually. I, I, go, yeah. I feel like hiding right now. I know. Go get the razor. Let's go shave yeah, our beards because like we are not. <laughs> <I'm ready. laughs> when did you start? It's going to be all about his beard. When did you start growing your beard? Oh, I haven't touched it for like uh, almost a year now, straight after I had oh, my back. You must know my wife. So. Oh. <laughs> no? Was that funny? Come that on. was great. No, it sounds like my lonely. No, I'm just kidding. It was a joke. It's a joke. You guys watch The Sopranos. It's Wait, a joke. The beard or your own? Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, uh, so, yeah, you haven't touched it in a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, do you put just for men in it? Any product? He nope. puts only men in it. Well, the, the stuff <laughs> to keep it a little bit moisturized because it gets dry out here in this weather. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to dye mine or I look like um, Santa Claus. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm not the only one. Yeah. yeah, It would would literally, I I heard you talking earlier. It's going to be like all white. Yes. Yes. How did you hear that? See, I knew he was like paying attention. Some sort of spec ops or something. All right, man. What what did you, what did you uh, branch you serve in and all that good stuff? Let's hear about you. Uh, Let's see. I was in uh, army from 99 to 05. Holy shit. He's an old guy like me. Nice. Love it. Except his beard is bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe Sorry. he's a little bit older. It's like a tree. It's a tree. You count the rings, you count the beard. But, all right. So 99 to, to 05. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you deploy anywhere? Or? Yeah, I spent, spent a year out in Iraq. Okay. What did you do? What was your job? Uh, well, I, when I was out there in Iraq, I was actually the unit armor. So I got to piss off all the officers. Oh, yeah. Yep. The best. <laughs> it was. It was. Anyone ever ND as they're uh, bringing the, their weapons back? There's always one. No, it happened. Yeah. There's always one. It happened in my unit. Yeah. There's always one negligent. That can't just... not happen. Well, here's the like in the Air Force. If you're a flyer, you have to have it off safe, um, ready to go. Like so, we had the M9s. So like hammerback, and it freaked out the army because I guess army had to be on safe and not one chambered. And so you would be at the end of like an 18 hour, right? Remember, we're not proficient in guns in the Air Force unless you're like some sort no. of special ops guy. Mm-hmm. So I would come in and I'm dog ass tired. We've been flying all night and now I'm pulling out a fully like this gun is hot and ready to roll. And I have to put it in that little tube thing and remember how to clear it. And yeah, it happened. It didn't happen to me. So it's been a year before you put it in the tube and cleared it, right? Yes. Uh, yes. I like how you said he had to remember how. Yes. It's yeah. see, it takes some time. You gotta get no, no, no. To it. When you're when you never fire your weapon, <laughs> but once a year. Oh my god! 
Look at look at as a C one thirty guy. Where's my C one thirty? Oh, you didn't knock it over this time. This is what we are. We float around on this, and there's might as well be what I call it is a big gray dildo flying through the air with a target right on the side. No, you can't shoot back, and everyone wants to. We would fly over farmers, and they would just you'd see them pull out these like I swear they were muskets, and just take a shot at us. We're like, "Ah, (laughs) I know. What do we do? We just give them a yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's my whole thing. So let's talk about let's talk about your hike. Where's your hike? I don't even. Uh, know you. Our hike is in Indianapolis. Oh, yes. Yes, that's right. We were going to yes. have Sammy Dula on, uh, and she tasked you with this thing. So tell yes, us about I'm Indy. Tell us about Indy. One. So our hike is going to start off tomorrow night with our pre-hike festivities. They're going to be at the uh, Centerpoint Brewing Company awesome. in Indianapolis. It's going to start around uh, 6 o'clock and go to till whenever. Yeah. Official, official time still 10, but... Okay. Um, how about the day of the hike? Uh, what time is check-in? Any restrictions or anything like that? The uh, day of the hike, we start our registration off early. It's 0730 at the Indianapolis War Memorial. Uh, okay. For restrictions, we don't have a, well, they, they removed the mask mandate. Nice. But we do require some of the businesses, the bars that we're going to be stopping at, do require the people to wear the mask when they enter. Um, okay, so right. make sure that you bring that. We are going to be doing the temperature checks. Okay. When oh, people yeah. check in. So, Perfect. yeah. So everyone listen, listen to uh, the coordinators, wear your mask, do all that stuff. I mean, whether you feel it works or not or whatever, we have to follow the rules. Um, we want IW to remain in the good graces of every place we went to. Hey, Jeremy, did I ever tell you I rode my bike across? Oh my God. <laughs> across Indianapolis. I shit you not. I rode across Indianapolis. And I went to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the bricks or whatever that's called, the brickyard and whatever. I rode my bike around. (laughs) I I am. I'll I'll pull up the picture. I rode. Do you remember the last time I was here on alone? Is it okay if I just remove him from the street? (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny if you guys just cut me out and just took the show over? Oh, Oh, today's a goofy show. Awesome. Uh, Jason, thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time and uh, I hope you have a great hike. Hey, thank you very much, guys. Good luck. Take care. All right, we've got a couple minutes before we bring on our headliner, our featured guest. Um, Frank. Oh, no, I'm Dean, kidding. Dean Wagner. <laughs> Dean Wagner, uh, the CEO of, I hope he hasn't been listening. He's, he's oh, probably he's been bailed. listening. He's been laughing the entire time. Okay, he's good, like, good. What I did hope I get he, myself into? I hope he smells what we're stepping in over here. Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, uh, we have new merch. Uh, yes, head over do. to the Irreverent yes, Warriors website and pull up some... Let's see here. We got, what do we have? We have visors. Oh, we do. Oh, I can spell. Look, a marine spelling. Look at that. Sweet. Wait, are you serious? Those are the. (laughs) Yes, they are amazing. Those are something. All right. Hey, I'm, I'm representing IW. Those are amazing. Jeremy, those are fantastic. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Those are like perfect for like the beach. Do you know who I see wearing those? I see Lois wearing them with uh name drop yeah yeah with oh, with Carl his mullet palmerville palmerville my lord sorry i just butchered your name everyone's gonna kill me carl uh, palmerville um rome we call him wade's wade's rome smith i mean we have a lot of folks who go on hikes that are embracing kind of like that late 80s early 90s look and i think that falls right oh hey where's my shit i have that hat where's your shit i have that hat i don't know where i put it though. i was gonna wear i was gonna show it off um, we have new embroidered hats. I know. I was going to wait, go back to that one. 
Oh, go Lord. back one. I'm going get Lord, Lord, oh, please. That one. I have that hat. Uh, no, I don't. Mine has a leather patch, but it's the yeah. American flag one because every year, you guys don't understand. People love Thanksgiving and they love Christmas. I, lo- I mean, I enjoy those. I love Fourth of July. Like it is yep. my. I, I look forward to it when I wake up, I run out. I'm like, it's, it's my favorite day decked head to toe. And, and that's going to be my 4th of July hat. Um, the start, there it is. That's the one I have. Uh, I wish I could go get it, but I can't cause I don't know where it is. And I'll leave the show next week. Next week, I'm going to wear that hat and show it off to everyone. Um, but I wear my, my American flag silkies. I usually walk around the neighborhood, um, drinking something and with the American flag. And then at night, once the sun goes down, we light up fireworks. I am looking forward to it. Uh, but that is going to be my 4th of July hat. So actually I won't wear it till 4th of July because it's that special of a day for me. your crop top tees for the love of Oh, love and then we have crops. Oh, Are you geez. serious? That's yes. also? Yes. There it is. Yes. Oh, wow. I don't even know what to do anymore. I don't even know what to do. Buy one? It's because I'm It's because I'm old and conservative. I, I mean, no, that's political. I didn't say, I mean, conservative, I like in the I sense of. political, you can. <laughs> the sense that I don't have purple hair or anything like that, or I don't have anything. I don't have anything pierced that you guys can see. Whoa. All right. Speaking of I mean, which, let's bring on a, set. let's bring on a guy who has his shit together. He's a CEO of Authentically American. I could have uh, attacked by that last. <laughs> uh, Authentically American's mission is to create U.S. jobs. I read this already. Uh, by supporting American manufacturing, their initial focus is providing corporate and organizational branded apparel and accessories. Think of, uh, now this is where I stumbled last time. Let's see if I can get through it. Think of Authentically American as a premium brand with the same high quality of Nike, North Face, and Damn it. Oh, I messed it up. Or Cutter and Buck. However, all made in the USA and competitively priced. Competitively priced. My my buddy. You're the officer. You're supposed to be educated. We're I know. The it's, 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 you know, I, this is, I'm going to let you in. Ready? I'm going to peel back. I'm going to peel back the, the layers, right? So I, I let a little bit out every now and then. I have a learning disability. Me and too. I, and I hate it for my whole life. Um, and so what, like I even go into to me, uh, medical school, PA school, uh, everyone would be in their books and they, the teacher would be like, blah, 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 and she might as well, I didn't, she might as well have been singing the ABCs. Like I wasn't paying attention. I would have to write my own, like, so, so if she was talking about say the physiology of the heart, I would be doing neurology and writing my own like hieroglyphic type notes that no one can understand, but it works for my brain. <laughs> He's oh, literally got just chicken scratch. Oh like I, I, this is this means something to me. <laughs> I that should you. be our drawing. What are you doing? Yeah. So there's my excuse, guys. Uh, I can't like when I look at words, they look crazy to me, and I have to kind of. Yeah, it's one of those things. Anyways, he was a Hilo pilot and Army Ranger, and he's gonna love it when I call him this. And turned fashionista. Let's bring on Dean Wagner. Oh. Welcome. Guys, hello there. How you doing, sir? Hey, how are you? Uh, so I have, I have to. to- I have to start off. Uh, helicopter pilot. I don't believe you because helicopters can't fly. It's impossible. They are made up. Go. I am still wondering how it worked. And I <laughs> that world. And, you know, it is amazing. It is a feat of aeronautical brilliance to think that they actually stay up in the air and fly. But even before we get started, I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous. I mean, all this talk, Kevin, about snots and clearing your nose and getting ready. <laughs> Makes this me wonder not, what's going on behind the scenes. This is not a typical show. I am just a little uh, snotty myself. There's a cold going around. You might have heard of it. No, it's not COVID. But uh, I mean, yeah, like there's a certain level of like prep that goes into all this. So we have the, just a full studio 
and there's a lot that goes into it. And so this is my area. Being the captain of the ship. Jeremy, I get a little behind. peek behind the scenes here. And there you go. Jeremy, bit, you're not supposed bit. to show that, although you're starting to lag. I don't know what that's <laughs> all about. Um, so a true story. We were flying down to Texas. Uh, I rode my bike across Texas. Did I tell you, Jeremy? No, I'm oh, just kidding. Well, so I, I, we were flying down to Texas, and here I am. Now, keep in mind, I've got 1,250 hours in the C-130. And we're rolling down the runway. And I kid you not, in my head, I'm going, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't, we should, we are in a triple seven right now. This thing should not be able to go up into the air and fly. Now I I'm fully versed in all the principles of avionics aviation, but I, it still makes no sense to me. And it's proof positive that we live in a matrix. That's what he, he doesn't know what to say about that. He's like, hey. so <laughs> not even sure what to say, but I'm excited. we're going to have a little fun tonight. Yes, we are. Hey, where did you grow up? So I was born upstate New York, way up near the Canadian border. And I always like to highlight that because I was a hockey player. You know, started okay. skating at age three, played organized hockey at five, played hockey at West Point and still play in a men's beer league now. Nice. You played at West Point. I didn't realize you went to the military academy. I did. Hopefully okay. that is another, not another shot. <laughs> no, it's fine. You guys, here's the thing. No, that's because you went and he and Kevin didn't, so he's upset about it. I'm just I was kidding. a 90-day wonder. I was a 90-day wonder. We used to, because I, 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 I served with a lot of Air Force Academy guys, and believe it or not, we did have one one um, uh, military academy guy. And I, I was, it always amazed me that you guys put in four years of just taking beatings um, not in the hazing sense, in the metaphysical sense, uh, for four years before you even start counting off your time in the, in the army. Is that right? None of that time counts, correct? It is a true fact. And I think one that needs to be fixed because to your point, Kevin, it's a long four years, but if you stay 20 and you get credit for retirement, you don't get those four years at West Point. That does not count oh, to your four wow. years of service. Ooh, now, say wow. at the end of four years, you're like, I want to go play for the Bruins or the Raptors or whatever. Can you do that? So there is a policy right now with the former President Trump put in place that allows, whether it's any one of the service academies, any sports, if you have an opportunity to play professionally, they will allow you to continue to serve. And they've got a program like that. But that was a recent change because the majority of the time that is not an option. And if you right. decide you want to leave after two years, after three years, after four years, you're going to be serving time enlisted and they're going to make sure they get your money back. Wow. That's incredible. Um, didn't, didn't, was it Robinson? He was a basketball player. He was a Naval Academy grad. Yeah. David, uh, Robinson. David Robinson. Yeah. He went and did his tour and then, and then played pro. Yeah. Right. And then we have, there's a bunch of football players that obviously do that. Roger Starbucks, another one. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some incredible wrong. examples out there. And and it's really we just talked about this last week cuz last week was the 17 year uh, anniversary of Pat Tillman's death and we talked about how, you know, this guy had the ability I mean he had a 3.5 million dollar contract with the Cardinals mm -hmm. and he's like nope, going he got that special uh contract where you go in I think it's called 18 X-ray or something like that where you go straight into the 75th Ranger Regiment and uh and obviously he was killed. So yeah, it it I, I think I think these guys deserve a lot of credit considering what they could be doing, you know, they the money they could be making and instead they go out and they serve their country. But there's a reason. I mean, they went to the freaking one of the military academies for four years. You don't do that unless you have some sort of backbone that says, mm -hmm. I want to serve my country. So so you played. I didn't realize the um, uh, military academy was D1. It is. 
Okay. We have a tough time competing because most incredible, amazing high school athletes, they have dreams of playing professionally. Mm-hmm. And as we were just talking, Kevin, it's tough. Yeah. If you go to one of the service academies in any sport, it'll pursue a professional sport, whether it's hockey or football, basketball, any one of them. It's challenging. So it is a division one program, but it is tough to compete on that level. What uh, what years did you go to the academy? So entered in 89 and graduated in 93. Okay. Okay. Cause uh, I went to the university of New Hampshire and they were a D one, uh, really big hockey yes. program. And I couldn't remember if, if, uh, if the military academy ever played uh, UNH, you guys ever play UNH? We did not. They were hockey East where we ECAC, but it's right. interesting, Kevin, you bring up UNH because this fancy backdrop behind me, I'm mm-hmm. in a hotel in St. Louis. And reason I'm in St. Louis is I'm here with my 16 year old son yeah. He has a dream of playing professional hockey, and he's a sophomore at a boarding school in New York. And this is the USA Hockey Tier 1 National Championship. Nice. And one of the schools, there's been 14 D1 schools that have reached out, and UNH is one of them. Oh, That's sweet, amazing. sweet. UNH is, and the what's funny, it makes me feel old, but if you go, if you ever go to UNH, they have this really beautiful hockey stadium. And uh, it was brand new when I moved there. It used to be, or when I went there, it used to be like, just literally it was under like a pavilion outside. <laughs> and then they they built this um, Whittemore Center, the Whittemore Center down in, uh, down at UNH. Uh, here's a, a little bit of tidbit. Uh, knowing hockey players literally changed my life. And I'll tell you why. So like I was kind of, I wrestled, I did some karate, but I was kind of a wimp, uh, growing up. (laughs) I was kind of, I didn't like to get hit. I didn't like to. And then I lived with three hockey players at UNH. And as, as I'm living with these guys right in the middle of like, I think it's, I mean, it's 20 years ago, more than that. So it's hard to remember, but at some point, one of them throws a haymaker at the other one connects. This guy goes down, nose is bleeding everywhere. He jumps up, takes him down, starts pounding the other guy. The third roommate's going, get him, get him. They get up and they're, you know, throwing each other around the house. The place is destroyed. And then afterwards, I'm like, what the heck was that? And they're like, oh, we're just fighting. And then they're hanging out. And I was like, what did I just witness? It's hockey players. Kevin, let me tell you this story, and I think you guys will appreciate it because I think most hockey players should be an honorary member of Reverend Warriors, and this is my men's beer league I mentioned here in Nashville. Uh You were just talking social distancing restrictions with hikes. Well, in Nashville, we were allowed to play hockey, but they put restrictions in place like you had to dress in the parking lot, which is kind of silly (laughs) because you dress in the parking lot they don't want you in the locker room and then you're sitting right next to each other on the bench you're out there on the ice next to each other so hockey guys as you're starting to highlight are fun they're passionate full of life and a lot of the hockey guys would then start tailgating in the parking lot and they took it an even a step further and a lot of them they will drop down nude in the locker room and get fully dressed and they decided well it's the locker room in the parking lot so it only took a couple of moms to make a few phone calls and then all yeah. the men's league yeah. guys were in the locker room. Isn't it just obvious? I don't know why, but but they they, uh, <laughs> but they like what I was saying about changing my life is it got to the point where I was like I need to learn how to take a hit, and then at, then down the road I became an MMA fighter, and I oh, wow. I and I I put that on the hockey players because I'm like I got to embrace pain because it doesn't really hurt, and you get worried like oh I'm gonna have to go to the hospital and all that stuff, but after you get hit a few times, you realize ain't no thing. A champion by a guy by like the size of Brock Lesnar, and you're like, "Well, that's yeah. some pain." I would fight him any day. This is live, Brock Lesnar. If you're watching, I will fight you. Okay, uh, so why Fun helos? Us. Why helos? So that was the only option available. 
coming out of West Point. So it is, you can choose 18 different branches. And if you want to choose aviation, you want to be a pilot. It is aviation. It's rotary wing. Okay. So that's crazy because, uh, and I used to mention this a lot to, to folks who want to go fly. It's like, you just got to play the odds, right? You could, you could want to fly your entire life. You could go to the air force Academy. You could have 600 private, uh, what do you call that? Uh, Cessna 172 hours. And if the air force doesn't need pilots, guess what? You're going to be what an air battle manager, or you're going to be, uh, something else. Um, so that sounds pretty crazy that you could just, you just I'm going to fly. And they just, they just put you in there. That's awesome. Yeah. It was an incredible experience. And I should mention this, Kevin, as well. You talked about hockey players chasing your life. Yeah. The Marine Corps and two Marines and specifically have changed my life. And one is my father-in-law. So my wife, Kelly and I, it will be 27 years that we will be married this August. Good for you. And my father-in-law is one of our American heroes. He was a Marine Corps infantryman, served in the Korean War. Nice. So Excellent. that is one. And the second one, you had mentioned Ranger School. Yeah. And similar to the lessons that hockey players taught you. I mean, we can talk more about the incredible lessons Ranger School taught me. But being an aviator, coming out of flight school, having no reason to go to Ranger School, one of the reasons I made it through was my Ranger buddy, Roy Backey, was a Marine Corps infantry sergeant. And anytime I got down, anytime I got soft, what do you think he did? He kicked me right where you need nowhere. And it got me through it. I mean, it was incredible. So thank you to you and all the Marines that have impacted my life. That's fantastic. You know, what's kind of cool is the two Marines that we have here uh, were both Army soldiers as well. So Afterwards, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We and realized I, there was more money. I got choice of duty station rank and 40 grand cash. I couldn't beat that. I just needed a vacation. How do you say no to that offer? <laughs> this guy over here on the couch underneath the glorious U.S. Air Force uh, signal uh, symbol, oh. he was uh, he was EOD. Uh, we're going to have actually, Frank, I don't think if I told you, I think uh, I don't think I told you Surprise. we're going to have a special EOD episode in a few weeks. Uh, and hopefully you'll be in town and well, the whatever. Memorial's coming up soon. OK, so that's probably it, it falls with that. Um, Anna on maybe. Yeah, Anna's going to be on. I can't remember. It's in a few weeks. I don't know. I should. You know, what I said to myself when I did this show. Uh, I said, I'm going to have my, my, I, I go old school. Thanks to Jeremy told me, get it just a black book and write everything in it. And that's what I do. And it works because I never lose it and I don't have to worry about, you know, forgetting, but I forgot it. It's in the other room with my hat. I need a, do you know Jeremy, what I mean? I'm a, I'm a student of yours, Jeremy. Look at my black book. There you go. That's there perfect. Go. I need someone, do you know what? Hey, if you're an irreverent warrior uh, or just anyone that is watching the show. Um, so, so far we have a few job opportunities. One of them is powder boy. Uh, second one is snot, snot person. And then third is gopher to go get my hat and my book when I don't need it. Let's move along here. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. I did hear this quote once and I, I don't want it to sound disrespectful because we've all uh, lost friends and stuff uh, to flying. Uh, flying is a dangerous thing. And I mean, I have four buddies that I wear on my wrist every day. Um, but I once heard the saying that there are only good helo pilots. And I just want to get a helo pilot's take on that. So I will tell you, Kevin, after the first month, I was wondering whether I made the right choice. Really? Yeah. Because I mean, you talk about humbling. I mean, it is something that I never thought I would able to do. And I don't know how familiar you are, but there's three different controls. There's a cyclic, which mm -hmm. controls the bank left and right, nose down. There's the collective. So that controls the pitch in the main rotor. You're going up and down. And then there's also the tail rotor. So those are two pedals. And that allows you to spin around the main rotor. 
And anytime you move one of the controls, you got to move the other two. So, I mean, it was like, what am I doing? And the physical, mental, just emotional exhaustion after that first month, I'm like, I made the wrong choice. Yeah. I should have gone the infantry route. I should have gone something different. But, you know, the incredible instructor pilots, I mean, they work with you and eventually you get it. And it's second nature now, but it's an incredible experience to go through it. I interviewed a, a guy by the name of uh, Mark Garrison. He wrote a book called Guts and Gunships. Uh, I'll, I'll forward you the the link to the interview. A lot of people like it. Please. It's a great interview. Um, but he he said two things. This was during Vietnam, obviously. He said he wrote his brother, uh, who was infantry, he wrote him a letter. If you ever see a helicopter flying, don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he would talk about taking these helos into the jungle and they would, they would bring it across the canopy and they would find a hole. And in the Air Force, in this fixed wing community, we would call it, I guess, a sucker hole. And the sucker hole is when you're, you don't want to go through the clouds because um, you're visual and you see a little hole in the, in the clouds and you pop through it. So these guys would do a sucker hole into the canopy of, of the Vietnam jungles just to get down so they could pull people out. And he said in the interview that his his rotors would clip the vegetation on their way down. Now they have, they have no, like all they can do is go up and down and there's, they're getting shot at. They're getting lit up by AKs and whatever else they, they roll out at them at the time. It's the most incredible uh, uh, stories I had ever heard. I lost touch with him. I think he got sick or maybe he's not alive anymore. I don't know, but he had a lot of agent orange issues there. So yeah, I'll send that to you. Uh, incredible. Please do it. And Kevin, I'll, I'll share one thing that was always amazing to me. My best friend when I was flying was that crew chief that made sure that that aircraft was always up, always operational and able to fly without incident. But one thing I never realized until getting in my first unit and understanding it is there's what they call phase maintenance. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember the exact hours, but after X number of hours, they literally take the aircraft completely apart, take every single part, every single piece apart, you know, do the full maintenance and put it back together. And that's when you talk about pucker factor that first time after that yeah. experience. Uh oh, <laughs> what if they missed a bull? What if they missed a out? What if they missed something? Yeah, that my brain used to do that all the time. And then I learned to just let it happen. Just let it happen. If something's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong. We'll address it at that time. But the beauty was we had four engines. You guys have technically, I don't know if you have an engine running the, the one in the back there, the, the vertical helicopter part yeah. i don't know helicopters uh but yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, you but, tail rotor? but you lose the tail rotor thank you but you lose that top rotor and oh. you're screwed and kevin most now do have a twin turbine engine but the ones i was flying it was a single engine you know yeah. single turbine engine so if something happens at hiccups you drop like a rock what what were you flying i guess i never asked that so I was flying Hueys, and mm -hmm. the last helicopter oh, I was flying cool. were UH-1s that were visually modified to resemble the Russian Hind attack helicopter. No way. So I was at the Army's National Training Center in Fort Irwin, California, and we were the Op 4, and it was just an incredible job because we were charged with training, you know, brigade-sized units that would come out. So our aircraft that were visually modified to resemble the Russian Hind attack helicopter We'd fly around on the battlefield looking for tanks, looking for Bradleys, trying to shoot them down. And you talking about an incredible adrenaline rush. I mean, it was by far my favorite job in my seven years in the Army. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, plus, Hueys are like, can you get any classic American machinery than hearing a Huey fly by? You're just like, that's one of the few helicopters. I was on a Black Hawk and I was on a, a Huey. Uh, only two helicopters I've ever been on. I will say this. He is. This gentleman is probably the only person in the military 
that enjoyed their time at Fort Irwin. Is that where you're at, Fort Irwin? <laughs> True statement, Frank. True statement. <laughs> Were you it there is too? Out in the middle of nowhere. To people to yeah, get a visual, if you think of Las Vegas and Los Angeles on a map, right in between the two, that is Fort Irwin. You passed right through Barstow. Yep. You know, little of nowhere. It is stark, desolate desert environment, which is great training grounds, but tough place to live. Oh, yeah. It's all desert. There's one, almost pretty much one main road that just kind of goes yeah. all the way to the base, and that's it. How does everyone know this place? Oh, I was uh, so. Uh, it's so, NTC, your National Training Center. Yeah, and it okay. is the most miserable place on the planet. <laughs> really. <laughs> one of, so the uh, the Marine Sergeant I told you about that uh, who was at the Jacksonville hike with us, he was a Marine that was with me. He was my MOS instructor, my NCO uh, in my unit, saved my ass in Fallujah a few times. He lives in Jacksonville. He switched to the army as well and was stationed at Fort Irwin and I went and visited him last year. That's so, so funny. I gotta, I, I've been to probably 80% of the bases around just because C-130s go everywhere. Uh, right. We're always moving shit for everybody. And uh, yeah, I've never, I've never heard of that. That's cool. I can say it's that one long road that you know that there's almost going to be either one or no cops on because it's just a straight shot flat land. Yeah. You can see it. You can't miss it. Oh, yeah. How many, how many years did you end up serving? So seven total, Kevin. So okay. 93 to 2000. Okay. 93 to 2000. Oh, you missed the big game. I think back and I guess touching historically. So while I was at West Point is when the first Gulf War happened. So okay. we watched that from the day room at West Point. And then from 93 to 2000, if you think historically, in relative period of calm, there really wasn't a lot going. And then now the chaotic post 9-11 world that we live in right now. Sure. And that was after I got out. So I was fully trained, ready to go and serve our country, put myself in harm's way. But, you know, very fortunate was never called to do that. Um, so a, a very common theme. Uh, I talk to a lot of people I go on our, our reverent warrior hikes and I chat with people. And a common thing that is is more common than I thought would be. I mean, I guess that's the term of common, but is people who have, uh, I guess the term would be survivor's guilt, but maybe not, uh, regret of not being able to, uh, I guess, go into combat and test yourself with everything that you, you trained to do. Did you experience anything like that? There was a while, Kevin, where everyone would say, okay, anyone's a veteran, go ahead and stand up or raise your hand. I'd be like, no, yeah. you know, sheepishly put my hand up. And then I finally realized, and I talked to a number of people like, Dean, you didn't, choose that yeah, right you know, we should all be thankful that there was no war during that time and the big part about it is you raise your right hand you swore to protect defend the constitution of the united states you were fully ready to go so take it as a blessing that you weren't put in harm's way so it was a couple of people sharing that perspective that helped me now to stand up and realize that you know what i was ready very fortunate that i did not get called that's that's an incredible point you bring up there because I think uh, the guy that I'm thinking of I'm not going to say his name, um, but he was a Marine uh, 0311, which is the infantry, and I forget what it was that kept him from going on a deployment, but he didn't go and he beat the crap out of himself for years and years yeah. and years. And uh, you bring up a good point, and that is talking to other veterans, right? So it doesn't matter what cross you're bearing, right? You could have PTSD, you could have survivor's guilt, you could have just that feeling of am I a real veteran or whatever. Uh, by talking to other people and opening up and taking those those thoughts and feelings that you're like, ah, oh, no one's gonna understand these. I shouldn't really say anything. I should just bottle them up and push them down because that's where they belong. <laughs> they belong all bottled up inside. So, because they'll never come out when I'm, uh, you know, in the middle of the night nope. or driving down the road and someone cut. They'll never come out. But no, that's a that's that's a testament to 
hearing other veterans talk and taking a lesson from them and saying, you know, uh, you're right. So in my, in my point of view, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're a hundred percent veteran more than, I mean, you flew helicopters. <laughs> I hate helicopters. Those things fall out of the sky. Like, you know, you put your life on the line and you served your country and who knows? I mean, you could go in tomorrow and spend the next 20 years. Do My neighbor was a, uh, he, he retired a E9 and guess what he did? Guess what he Adam? did for 20 years? Nope. I thought he was a cook. He's a band. He was in the band. He played at the Air Force Academy and then taught music for 20 years. And oh, he's wow. like, he even tells me, he goes, yeah, I'm not really a veteran. I'm like, yeah, you are. I mean, Absolutely. yeah, you signed up. You're on the, you, you did 20 years. Be, be proud of that stuff. So, so I appreciate that. I appreciate that answer. Probably the closest I got to combat was ranger school. And I oh, got wow. quite a few looks after flight school, having an opportunity to attend ranger school. But that was 72 days, probably the most miserable. Frank, you said Fort Irwin. People don't like that. I mean, you talk about miserable. I mean, it was ranger school. And I'm not sure how familiar you are, but it's an incredible course. There's a lot of military doctrine and tactics. But at its core, ranger school is a leadership course. And what they do is they deprive you of everything you think you need to survive, namely food and sleep. So on day one, there were 340 of us. For 72 days in a row, if you make it straight through, you live on one meal a day and two to three hours sleep a night. Incredible stress throughout that. And we started again with 340. We lost over 80%. And on graduation day, 72 days later, there were only 70 of us. And it was awful. It was so terrible that it's one of those experiences you look back with the fondest memories. Like, I don't know how I ever made it. But that was probably the closest that I ever got. Then you get that coveted yeah. Ranger tab, though. Oh, Did yeah. I ever tell you um, I went to um, uh, Advanced C-130 uh, Weapons School in the hotel they they had us at? We didn't have room service. What? For the, for the how, 30 days how, that we were there. How dare you? Hold on. How <laughs> dare you? Oh, my goodness. How dare you? If you can't self-deprecate, what are you doing on a microphone? Um <laughs> All right, let's move. <laughs> let's move. Did they on. have a movie channel for you though that you? Could- they did. They did. We had everything uh, as far as that goes. And here's the worst part: the beauties in bed. You know what? My neighbor's an F-15 guy, and uh, I'm. <laughs> I, I he's he's talking to my kids. My kids are obsessed with him because obviously he flies fighter jets. I'm like, come on. And he's telling me about like his helmet's all high tech, carbon fiber, wired into all this heads up display and shit. And he goes. He goes, yeah, because um, as a PA, people are always asking me medical questions. He's like, man, I got this thing going on with my neck. And he goes, and I was at the squadron and I went to the uh, masseuse that's in there and he worked it out pretty good. And he told me to go over to the uh, exercise physiologist the next door down. So I went there and he he gave me a deep tissue massage. And I was like, what the f- that's that's so okay not only is that air force that's about as elite air force as it gets that the fighter guys have their own masseuse in the squadron they hand fed me grapes they had the palm leaves (laughs) i'm not you know what the funny thing is they wonder why we make fun of i know all the time you can't make this up which is (laughs) but it's so true it's so true so funny to hear this because one of the things i was requested is no air force jokes I know, right? I wrote that on there. (laughs) That was kind of like I was I I was hoping for it. Bring them, bring them, bring them. I got a a nephew in the Air Force and I good for him. Apparently he was a smart nephew. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, Bring look, him. I went Bring to him. combat. I was in combat. I never got to shoot back. You were but... above combat. <laughs> no, no, no. But Keep remember, C one thirties, C one thirties. We're down in the you, in you the, landed. I know in I the know. shit. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's move on. So somehow you go from you know playing hockey, uh, almost drafted to the Bruins. I'm just kidding. I just like to no. uh, <laughs> playing hockey. You go to the uh, military academy. Um, you then become a helicopter pilot, and then somehow you you make a business from the ground up where does that how to explain where that came from so we'll do the quick story but in 2017 is when i officially launched authentically american and that really started almost all the way back at west point and every stop on my journey professionally built into what authentically american is all about and we are a veteran-owned american-made premium apparel brand our vision is to build this iconic american brand that's truly American-made. And the heart of our mission is our passion for job creation, which is why everything we produce, no exceptions, is made here in the U.S. So our favorite tagline, Kevin, is where's yours made? Because when I graduated from West Point in 93, over 50% of the apparel in the U.S. was made in the U.S. And today, it's less than three. Less than 3%? All that's made here. And what drives not just me, but our entire team at Authentically American is our desire to create jobs, our opportunity to make a difference. And when we're successful in building this iconic American brand, we're going to leave an incredible legacy. And you guys are doing really well. I mean, we've all heard of, uh, at least I heard of Authentically American. Um, how do you go? So how do you go from idea to you guys, you have brick and mortar facilities where you have, you employ people, you have people sewing your stuff, putting your stuff together. What What's the process that you, you, I mean, did you go to business school? I can't remember off your bio or anything like that. We, we did. So I was very fortunate, went to Cal State, you know, earned my MBA there. And that was courtesy of Uncle Sam, went to school at night while I was in the army. So Frank, that was one benefit. I was able to go and have have most evenings and weekends free. So I was able to go to school at night, but that's where a lot of the business knowledge started. But I'm really thankful for my time at Procter & Gamble, working on brands like Crest & Tide, working at Mars on brands like M&Ms and Snickers, because both Mars and P&G are just world-class marketing and branding companies and just gave me that foundational knowledge to build a brand. And it's not easy from a supply chain standpoint when only 3% yeah, it's made here in the U.S. It's difficult, but we now, over the last two years, have assembled a contract manufacturing network across 12 states. So everyone loves our T-shirts. This is one of my personal favorites. You know, <laughs> go Army, beat Navy. I, if we got time, I'll show you our sweat-activated innovation. So we make our T-shirts in Texas. Oh, nice! Last nice. time I was on Fox and Friends. You know, these were our number one sellers. These are amazing, comfortable socks. Oh, They're oh, Carolina wow. cotton, knit in Carolina. You know the Quarter zip, the outerwear that we produce is made in California. So 12 different states across the U.S. And it's similar. If you have seen Nike or Under Armour, look at the tag. It will say made in China. It will say Bangladesh, Vietnam. So they've cobbled together a supply chain network across the world. And we've said we only want to produce here in the U.S. because we want to create American jobs. That's awesome. That's incredible. You don't hear that that really anymore. Um, if at all. Yeah, I need, yeah. I need some of those socks for for hike season. Oh wait, it's hike season. Yeah, yeah those are nice. Some. I like I gotta, those. I, order some. those I have a similar cool. pair, but I'm sure they're they're probably made in China. My my uh, in laws gave it to me. <laughs> it's almost like we have uh -oh. authentically American brand. You got US here to give us to order some great socks from. We did. Uh, I think we did a, a, a project with you, right? Didn't we have Gators ordered from you for Reverend Warriors? We did. We have Gators ordered, and we've got a call next week with Nate. 
to go ahead and work out the next one. And do I have time for a quick show and tell? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So we'll make it kindergarten style. So this, I wish not only were we here able to see each other, but I wish you could be here in person because you would touch and feel this shirt and you'd be like, Dean, it's incredibly soft. And that's by design. If you were able to feel the print, you'd be like, Dean, it's not like most of the t-shirts in my closet that have this heavy plastisol length that on a hot summer day, you know, will stick to your chest after you wash it a few times, it will crack. Yeah. So it's just by itself an amazing shirt. But this is our sweat activated print innovation. So if you know anything about West Point, it's all about go army, mm -hmm. Navy. And here's what happens when you sweat. Oh, nice. <laughs> you can see that beat Navy appears. And on the back, there's our vintage U.S. flag. <laughs> that is oh, amazing. Sweet. And the reason why I love to highlight this, because we're very intentional. Everything's made in, Amer made in America, USA. Yeah. But no one buys from us just because we're American-made. And I highlight this because people say, Dean, I don't care where it's made. This is just an incredible T-shirt. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's soft. The ink is soft. And then this technology, wow. But here's what happens. They look at the tag and they're like, made in USA? And then they go to our website. Jeremy, you started to mention that, authenticallyamerican.us. And then they learn the story about our brand, the ethos behind our brand. And you know, specifically for the veteran community, we believe that our veterans are American heroes. So to help honor our American heroes, we donate 10% of our profits to veteran and first responder charities. And the other reason I want to highlight this, what we're talking with Nate next week, is we want to come up with an amazing custom IW design. So when you're out there on a hike and you're having a blast, you're having fun with all your comrades, but you're also sweating, we want that you know hidden message to appear. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. That would be amazing. I'm in such great shape though. I don't, I don't sweat at hikes. Uh, so what about not, people like me? So Kevin, you must glisten then. You don't sweat, you glisten. <laughs> glistens. I have another job, uh, someone to spritz me. Did you hear what, uh, did you hear what Frank said? He said, no. I want mine in the back to say, I want tacos. Yeah. <laughs> there you Kevin, go. I know a guy that can help you. Oh, sweet. sweet. You mean the guy like Dean Wagner at uh, Authentically American Brand US? Oh, man, them plugs are crazy. Let me let me ask you this question, because, um, you know, you hear people, I, I don't, you must, I do all the time, you hear people that want to start businesses. I want to start a business. And then they say, but how can I compete with, let's say, Black Rifle Coffee Company? Or how can I compete with Grunt Style? And it seems like they've cornered the market on whatever it is you want to make. Um, is there anything that's just too saturated in the market that people shouldn't shouldn't try to do what they want to do or in the business world. And, and maybe I'm just tapping to something that most business people know is it, can you, is, is the product is not important. It's how you sell it and the, the mission or whatever behind it. Well, let me say this, Kevin, to your question is any market, any product, any industry too saturated. And I would say absolutely not because if the four of us, you know, brainstormed over 30 seconds, we could probably name 50 apparel brands or more. And yeah. most people would say, why would you ever go there? But yeah. I think one of the things I recommend to people, if you love what you do, if you're passionate about what you do, and you've got an idea that you think is innovative, unique, something you can bring to the marketplace, absolutely don't hesitate. And Kevin, when you publish the show notes for any entrepreneurs out there that are considering you're going down this path. I always make myself self available, whether they want to send me an email or talk on the phone. I always make myself available because it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, four yeah. years ago, Authentically American was a blank sheet of paper. And what really is driving us, we talk about that passion for making a difference, that passion for creating American jobs. 
And for us, it's apparel. And it does start with product because this is why this is so important because people say, again, I don't care where it's made. It's an amazing product. But I think today with social media, I mean, it's so powerful. You've got an opportunity unlike any other time in history to make sure that brand story and the ethos and the ethics and everything behind your brand is able to shine front and center. Awesome. Well said. All right, let's go through the rundown. Are you ready? We try to be as piffy. Is that the term? Piffy Uh-oh. as possible. It's quick. Quick. Well, see, I use I use um, I use college terms. Uh, grunts. Uh, it's piffy. I don't believe you. All right. Okay. Here we go. Here's your court first question. Take them at face value. Whatever answer comes to your mind. Perfect. What's with the Osprey? <laughs> <laughs> it's another one. Like, how does it work? How does it go? Exactly. Oh. I mean, it's incredible. <laughs> Are they helos? Are they fixed wing? Which crowd can they hang out with? If, I, if an Osprey guy came in, I'd be like, "What? go with the helicopter guys. And then the helicopter guys would be like, yeah, go back with the fixed wing guys. We wanted to go that way or that way. I don't, I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> Good answer. Okay. Uh, which branch of the armed forces boasted the only professional hockey team? I have no idea, but I'm going to stick with the army. It was actually the Coast Guard. Coast Guard. Um, You're yeah. a branch. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. Department Jack's of Transportation. Going deep there. Department of uh, Homeland Security. When was that? That's when I had no idea, Kev. It was in the 40s. I want to say it was during the, the wow. Second World War, and they, they were short people or whatever. But yeah, they had a professional team. No idea. Um, didn't I tell you when, when I first started this podcast? Are, are you going to say you put my bike? When I first, I used to be a bike rider. Yeah, don't do that anymore. It's too dangerous. You're not a welcome back. When I, when I, uh, now I lost track what I was, what I was thinking. And this is life. So that's all. That's what was I just going to say? The oh, uh, new job, the person who just keeps track of my thought process. So we're going to have 20 people in this place here pretty soon. Okay. Uh, a shootout between Bobby Orr and Wayne Gretzky. Who wins? It's got to be the Wayne. Wayne, he is the greatest of all time. I grew up watching Wayne, and it's incredible. And again, that's Kevin, one of the slogans I can – uh-oh. The answer is Bobby Orr. You got to, you got to run. <laughs> just uh, okay, here we go. Same That's question. One for three right now. <laughs> Same question. Gloves off, full on brawl between Orr and Gretzky. Who wins? Absolutely, Bobby. There we go. Ah, yeah, Gretzky. I mean, he's he's obviously there's some question about the goat. Uh, I would say he's the goat. I mean, come on, Gretzky was the goat, but uh, he was Hollywood. That dude was he was Hollywood. So you know, with the hair, the big, Bobby. Had- Bobby he had all those guys surrounding him that any one time somebody tried to hit him, you know, that's the right. enforcer came in and right. That's how, that's how Tom Brady is still playing football at my age, uh, 37. So helicopter pilots are best known for what? Surviving. I mean, the Yo, fact yeah. that I... yeah, 100%. I agree with that. <laughs> Fixed wing pilots are best known for what? being second best to those helicopter <laughs> I respect that. I respect that answer. Uh, let's... Got it. Is that one, why you rode your bike? One gun. One gun is all you can have for the apocalypse. Name the type. Uh, it doesn't have to be brand or anything, but name the type and the, the rounds that you choose for that type. So I'm going to have to go with that trusted sidearm. The one that I had was that 9 millimeter. Ah, uh, the MP9, the one that I never fired. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Didn't I thought you guys had like fancy MP9s or whatever those are called? The 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 little little, little they gave them to us. Ones, yeah, the what the heck was that thing called? Certain missions we had them. Oh, they taught me how to pull a trigger. That's oh, all. Oh, the, the Beretta M9 Beretta. No, 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 no. It was like a little submachine gun. Oh yeah, yeah. With the magazine and the thing. yeah, well, yeah. The, their MP5. MP5. That's what it was. Oh, wow. I thought helicopter guys had the MP5s. <laughs> My buddy who is C130 uh, Special Operations, they carried a 12 gauge shotgun, and do you know what it was for? If they if they had to crash land or ditch or whatever, his job was to take the 12 gauge and shoot the hell out of all the the. Uh, Secrets. Yep. So basically, all your, all your that's all it was for. Yep. Got to put around it and sometimes for door breaching. Well, I mean, in a C-130, there's no door breaching. <laughs> if you breach that door, I'm a little worried. What? This is now this one. There is a correct answer, and we're gonna hope we, hope we get it. Uh, what is your favorite band of all time? Don't you freaking dare say Nickelback. Sorry. <laughs> I'm that's going funny. to ACDC. Oh, respectable. Oh, I enjoy ACDC. Yeah. So what I was the right answer though? The white right answer was the Bee Gees. Oh. <laughs> I'll kidding. take the Bee Gees over Nickelback. Sorry. <laughs> it was Nickelback. What is the worst thing a veteran can do for their ment- mental health? You touched on this earlier, Kevin, is keep to yourself. Don't interact. Don't reach out when you've got a problem. Absolutely. 100%. Um, what is the most common thing that people say when they hear you're a pilot? <laughs> I don't why was the first part so <laughs> okay good good answer Ed, i'm wondering if he had these same questions on fox and friends i'm guessing no i'm guessing they didn't hit him with these this was much more fun and entertaining than those oh, four minutes I, sitting on the couch of fox and friends so i appreciate it okay and here's the one i ask people just because i'll probably stop asking it because i get weird looks every single time i ask it but let's try it anyways what is the best thing to me, I will mention my family. I mentioned earlier my wife, Kelly. We've got four amazing kids, so hands down, it's family. Awesome. Good good, good question. Answer. I usually say, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Dean's a fancy man. I'm not going to say it. Um, He's going to say his bike. No, it was actually the process of <laughs> making the family that we enjoy. Okay, uh, last, <laughs> when can we get you well, on? Kevin, another- I will give you a big thumbs up to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think last week we had um, Jason Patton on from the Fire Department yeah. Chronicles, and his I forget what his answer was, but I was like, it's making babies. That's <laughs> Name something better. Uh, last, can we get you on an Irreverent Warrior Silky Psych? Absolutely. And uh-huh. I was at the one in Nashville, and that's what really had me fall in love with the Silky's Hike and being a part of Irreverent Warriors and having an opportunity to help raise funds. You know, that's where I met Nate for the first time. And if you guys know Andrew Farr, yeah, yes, oh, yeah. Or Zach Jenkins. I mean, those are two incredible, great Americans here in Nashville. So they're the ones that introduced me to IW and the hikes, and it's not going to take much. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hopefully I'll be able to see you on a hike. Do you guys have anything? Get the Semper Sliders while you're there at Zach's place. Amazing. Um, <laughs> other than that, you know, what was your your reason for wanting to get this uh, this brand started? So it really, Jeremy, it was all about job creation. If you remember the numbers, 50% made in the U.S. in 93, down to 3% now. It's an opportunity, I believe, for us to make an incredible difference by creating American jobs. And global pandemic, COVID was incredibly challenging. We had a lot of headwind, but I will tell you the silver lining for us right now, now more than ever, you know, 
people do not want cheap made in China. They love that we're American made. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm about to I'm about to spend some what's that called? Stimulus check after this episode. Get a bunch of authentically again. American. Yeah. Well, Kevin, do this and include this in the show notes because there's three segments of our business. One is our consumer brand. So okay. it has our vintage US flag logo. That's what's external. So if you go to our website, want to check out, enter founder at checkout, that will save you 25%. Okay. So that is one you're highlighting there. That's our collegiate collection. So that's West Point. We've got Alabama. We've got 12 schools. So we are adding more and more colleges throughout the work. And then the other one that's highlighted up there is custom apparel. And that's the client side of our business. So Irreverent Warriors is one of our favorite clients. And what we do when we partner with a charity or nonprofit like Irreverent Warriors, you know, we provide our goods and services at cost. So that's oh, why wow. when we come up with this amazing custom design IW sweat tee, not only are people going to love Jeremy the tee, not only Frank, are they going to love that, but we're going to raise a ton of money in the process. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Nice. These are, these are amazing. These yeah. are cool. Well, Dean, I really, really appreciate your time on the show. Uh, I know you guys have lots of, uh, lots of stuff to do, but we, we really appreciate it. Uh, it's folks like you that, you know, share your stories with us that would, that makes the show. If we didn't have it, then it would just be me and Jeremy looking at each other and talking. And that's interesting for about four minutes and then it gets old. So we got to bring in fancy smart yes. people like yourself who can teach us about the world. There's two things I love about irreverent warriors and it's right there in the name. One is the warriors. Mm-hmm. And it lines well with our American heroes and why we donate 10% of our profits to veteran veteran and first responder charities. But the other ones are reverent. And I mean, this show is all about having fun and sharing stories. And that's why I love the hikes. They are reverent and it's just a good group of guys, all of our warriors coming together and just having a blast and having an incredible time. Absolutely. I couldn't say it better myself. Do you want the, do you want the job of being the, the host? <laughs> This, this is going to be job. a job board after this show. This is the job episode. <laughs> Dean, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I really do appreciate your time. Reverend Warriors pre- uh, appreciates your time. And um, yeah, maybe maybe someday we'll meet up on a hike. You let me know anywhere you get some, anytime you get anywhere close to the Southeast, Nashville, let me know and I'll make a trip. All right. Sounds good. Thank, thank you, sir. Guys, thank you very much. Awesome. Take care. Right, right. Is that I got something pop up on my email. Hold on. I think it was an announcement. I think it was an announcement. It's from Irreverent Warriors. Uh, Let's see here. Here we go. It says, hello, hikers. If you have not filled out our post-hike survey, please click the link. Uh, I can't share that link. How do I share that link? Please click the link and fill it out. Then hit the submit button. We would love to hear. But okay, so I'll just do it generically. I didn't go to that hike, Uh, but I... Got oh, Jeremy to go to the Jacksonville. Hike. Yeah, yeah. Your- Fill out your post hike uh, surveys. Good show, lots of fun. Um, I wish we had more time for Frank. Uh, he's just hey, hey, when, hey, EOD Warrior Foundation. When we have them on, um, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll even open up this spot over here. Although you're probably way more comfortable because I'm sitting on, I'm <laughs> this sitting is, on a, this is a comfortable job. I'm sitting on a rock hard. That's why we call it the casting couch. My butt, my butt sweats on this thing. It's hard and wood it's just a terrible situation uh i do it i know so many jokes right i seriously i sit I'm, on I'm, this what hey i was told to be nice there's no jokes just listen to what i have to say i sit on, hard on this wood for an uh, what for an hour every what and my butt gets sore mm. from all this wood mm. what 
I don't understand. I don't understand. Hey, everyone, head over to irreverentwarriors.com. Sign up for a hike. Uh, do what else? Oh, yeah, yeah, What we end every show with. Call somebody you served with. Maybe you didn't serve with them. Call them anyways. You know they're a veteran. Give them a call. They might tell you to go pound sand, whatever. Um, someone just put a thing on Facebook, not maybe yesterday, uh, someone took their life and they, it was just a reminder that, Hey, you know, you never know who's, who's struggling. So call text, uh, call me, although my number's not out there. So email me, Kevin at what's my email? 21 gun.net. Uh, we're always looking for people to hang out. Maybe we'll have Frank. We'll see. We'll put him on the spot now that he's live. Uh, hardwood give him butt sweats. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Ruggy. Is it Ruggy? Ruggy. Ruggy. I met him. Uh, at, I think Fayetteville last year. Good dude. Uh, good dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, now I forgot what I was going to say. I think we're done. Yeah. Call, write, text, email, just be there for each other. Good show. Next week we might have a naked man, naked and afraid EJ Snyder. I just got to confirm, uh, give these Hollywood people. Um, again, we have more famous people on that are out making us look really bad. That's true. Although if you've watched naked and afraid, I'm, <laughs> Yeah. He wants to be on. I mean, he's my age. He's running around naked. You rode his bike across naked. I did. I rode my bike across naked and afraid. Now we're just, <laughs> now the show's just gone. It's gone. So thanks, everyone. Um, I don't have anything to end it with. So we'll just end it with this. Thanks for watching. Head over to 21gun.net and thanks.